0: Welcome to Experimental. I'm your host, Justin Wise, a pastor turned business consultant for growth-minded entrepreneurs and experts. It's my mission to help you time travel into your preferred future, find the highest and best use of your time, build a business chock full of profit so you can design the life and business you want. If you want to hear how other experts and leaders are using creativity and experimentation to grow their businesses, this is the show for you. All right, everybody, welcome to Experimental. I am here... On a very special episode. This is what I'm calling the coronavirus episode with my guests, Philip Ramsey and Brian Dewhurst. Gentlemen, welcome to the show.
1: I'm glad to be here. I'm just going to say it right now. Thank you so much, Justin, for having us on.
0: (laughs) So let's get it. Just full disclosure Brian and Philip run a company called Uncommon Wealth Partners. Our family works with them. We trust them implicitly. They have set us up tremendously to just, I don't even know how to put language to it, but they have just set us up for the long-term in terms of our finances, in terms of our insurance, in terms of you know angles of our business and life that we didn't even know needed to be addressed. And so I trust them. And right now, trust is the name of the game for me, especially where we're at because a lot of the listeners of the show our small businesses, our entrepreneurs. And if you've been paying attention to the news, we are kind of in the crosshairs, at least potentially, of some pretty massive changes, pretty massive impact. And so the topic for this show is completely different. I've got the answers. I'm looking at them right now for kind of what we ask our guests beforehand, but we're not going to really talk about any of that today.
1: Going off script. Going off script. This is the best episodes ever, by the way.
0: Well, because I think you guys are uniquely positioned to certainly speak to the practical aspects of not just people's personal finances, but also business-related finances. But you're also uniquely positioned because you take a much more holistic, comprehensive approach towards, I mean, I guess technically your financial advisors. But to me, that just feels like such a short-sighted way to describe mm-hmm. what you do.
1: Sure. Dude, I appreciate that insight because I think when somebody asks me like, what do you do? And I say financial advisor, I was like, I want to vomit my mouth. I'm <laughs> sorry. I am even that guy. But for you and Carrie, I think we do have, we meet and we work with a lot of entrepreneurs and like our number one value is like, you are your best asset. Yeah. And the way that you think, the way that God's uniquely gifted you is so amazing that if we can just inline your cash flow and your money to that means that you can be in control of it. You're going to be a lot better. And so when things like this happen and you guys have advocates like Brian and I to be able to be reinforcing your plan of keep going, like you have to keep impacting more and more people in this time. And it's not, well, give me all your money and I'm going to put it in the market and hopefully it grows to an amazing number. And at the end of the rainbow, you can retire. Those advisors right now have the crosshairs across their forehead here mm. because it's, they're not empowering other people that they have amazing skills and assets that are outside finances, um, and they're trying to take other people's money from them and then put them back in this like little corner and just say, hey, let me do the rest of it. Let me be your best asset, and you just over there go work the nine-to-five job that's quote-unquote secure, (laughs) which now we're seeing that it probably might not be. And this thing is shaking a lot of people up. But the opportunity that it gives, and I can't tell you how many people start this uncommon path by saying the best thing that ever happened to me was I got fired. Mm. And you're like, no, no, there's no way. But it is because you finally believe that, wait, maybe I have something I can be broadcasting to the world that could be valuable to people. So to commend you and Carrie for what you're doing is amazing. And to be able to be shoulder to shoulder, working through different obstacles and challenges that you guys are facing, all while trying to put your control and money in your pocket and have give you access to that so you can be nimble and quick if you need to move. It's powerful. We love doing it.
0: And it's important too to note that both of you Philip and Brian have different unique strengths. Like I think to myself, if I am fearful, if I'm not quite sure how to approach something from a person to person perspective, I know that I'm going to Philip. If I have money specific money questions, investment questions, Brian, you are a tremendous asset. And Brian, a little bit about your background, like you cut your teeth at what was it, Deloitte and Touche?
2: Yeah, I cut my teeth at Deloitte and Touche, and you know, basically getting an internal view of some of the largest companies in the world, and uh, learned a lot.
0: So, to me, that having that one-two punch makes you so different. And I don't want to turn this into a commercial, but I just want to set the stage for people because, you know, right now, more than ever, business owner, entrepreneur, listen up right now, more than ever. It is so vital and so important for you to have trusted advisors, a healthy network that you can go to in times of trouble, because it will likely be, we're not talking forever, but there's going to be some tough days, weeks, and months ahead. And when you have a network, and I'm not saying it has to be Philip and Brian or, whomever, I'm just saying like being around people who can help you stay focused on opportunity, who can Mm -hmm. help you stay hopeful, who can Mm -hmm. help you stay focused on, as Philip mentioned, your biggest asset, which is yourself, which is your skill set, your expertise, your perspective. That's going to be vital and crucial for the days, weeks, months ahead. So that's why I wanted them. Again, I don't want to turn this into a commercial, but I want to set the stage for you because these guys are a huge part of our our network, and not just for me, but also for my wife and our family. And so that kind of provides the context for the dialogue that we have here today. So all that to say, coronavirus is here. And really, there's two kind of impacts or or camps or or prongs to this. There's the health impact that coronavirus has brought upon us. There's the impact to our, you know, hospitals and our bodies and our mm. our minds in some capacity. And no one's doubting that the impact is real. But that also is creating kind of this second level impact to the economy. And that's what I want to focus on today. Because if you don't have the mental tools to do so, it can suck you into the doom loop pretty darn quickly. So let's keep people out of the doom loop. So in the face of coronavirus, in the face of this kind of pandemic and in the, in the impact that it's making on small businesses and entrepreneurs really across the globe, where's the opportunity? Where should people be looking at this point for hope, for opportunity? What are you guys seeing? How would you direct people?
1: Honestly, too, I mean, there is nobody really better to speak to the overall impact of the economy than I think Brian is. So Brian, I'd love to hear your perspective on how this impacts us as an overall economy. Yeah, I think
2: we're just, you know, you can look at it and I don't know that we're going to fully understand it for a while, you know, and you look at the impact the Great Depression had on that generation and their spending habits and then the way they raise their kids about money this is like generational stuff. And so there, you know, I've heard people calling this the, the great depression of our era. And it'll be interesting to see how long the tail effect is of coronavirus or COVID to uh, 19 on the economy. I think for the U S it's, it's positive that it's an election year because the government has basically moved, I think pretty quickly. Obviously we could, you know, get into if they could have moved faster or whatever, but in terms of the stimulus package that's about to get passed and some of the things that Donald Trump's done recently, you know, I think they've got it figured out. Like we got to move on this. So, um, but yeah, you saw record unemployment. I think the biggest growth rate of unemployment in like the history it's been charted. So you've got a lot of uh, people that are b- being displaced from, uh, from a job and then you've just got a lot of people obviously staying and working from home. So the, the economic impact is just substantial and when you look at the fact that uh, so much of the growth we've had over the last 10 years out of the financial crisis in '09, has been fueled by debt, it, it's just a lot of companies are going are to be in a major cash flow crunch. And I think the headline was this morning, like the top five major banks are already saying that mortgage payments can be delayed a month in most, I do not say most, but in a lot of other countries like Italy, China. I think they did a two to three month mortgage payment hiatus to try to help people. And so I think those are the things that we're going to have to see, I think, domestically as these numbers obviously are going to increase as these test kits and everything get out. I don't think anybody's questioning that. But yeah, it's a profound impact. I don't know how deep on the rabbit hole we want to go with this, but I'll stop there.
0: Can you explain... This was – we were having a conversation the other day and this blew my mind. And and maybe I'm late to the party on this. I don't know. But in case folks aren't familiar with this, can you explain the the corporate uh, share buyback whole mm, kind of loop and why question. why that is so significant to where we're at and how that works?
2: Yeah. So most people I don't think – realize this but it was corporate buybacks were illegal for a long time as part of just you know stock market rules it was it was not allowed
1: can you explain that for the average
2: person that doesn't know what a corporate buyback is so just like you and I can take some of our money and go buy a publicly traded company like you can go buy stock in Starbucks or the big one in the news right now is Boeing so let's just fixate on them a little bit um, Boeing as a company sits on cash as part of their treasury and has profits from doing business. And so what they can do now, because the law has been lifted and it was lifted some time ago, this isn't like the last two years or anything like that. This was a couple decades ago, but basically they can take portion of their cash and profits and go buy their own stock. And what that does is it then reduces the amount of stock out in the public market which doesn't sound all that bad, right? At first blush, you're like, okay, that makes sense. Like, If they believe in what they're doing, they should be able to buy their stock. The other side of that coin though, is that the the executives of the company and the board of directors then all obviously have the ability to authorize compensation packages. And so part of those compensation packages can be the award of stock. So on one hand of a board meeting, you say, hey, You know Boeing, let's say, we're sitting on $10 billion in cash. Let's take a billion dollars and buy our own stock. Then on the other half of that conversation, they say, you know, Greg, I don't know who the CEO of Boeing is, but you know, Greg, you've been doing a great job. The numbers are up. We're going to give you a bonus. We're going to give you 100,000 shares of stock. And so really, it's kind of an enrichment scheme if you think about it, because you're using corporate money to buy corporate stock, and then you control the company, and then you're awarding yourself more shares of that stock. So that's kind of what what we're talking about, and then when you get into it, like uh, companies like Apple, well, a lot of their money is overseas, and it's hard because of all the rules and banking rules and tax rules and tax laws. Apple basically borrows money because they can borrow money so cheaply, mm-hmm. like one to two percent. They actually go out into the public market, do a bond offering. Let's just say they raise, you know, five billion dollars. Then they take that five billion dollars and they buy their stock. Well, their stock pays a dividend of one to two percent, depending on where the share price is. So that's kind of like what they're doing. And then they, you know, award themselves a share compensation. Well, now this recession has hit and this pandemic, and Boeing's kind of hat in hand to the federal government saying, Hey, we need access to liquidity markets because you know we're shut down. And the government's saying, well, there's going to be strings attached. We want equity in your company. And they're like, well, we don't want to give you that. We just want that free money. Yeah. So that we can keep cash flowing, even though we've spent, I think the number that I've heard thrown around is like 45 billion Boeing has spent on share buybacks in the last 10 years. And that's, and how much are they asking for? $50 billion. Jesus, man. So this is what, And then you go, well, why is this a big deal? Or what's causing this? Well, what's causing this is this systemic low interest rates by our federal government, which basically, you know, the lower the interest rates are, the more incentivized you are to borrow money, right? And so that's what low interest rates does, is it allows people to take undue risk and really not save because there's no incentive to save anymore because you're not paid a rate of return on your cash. And so these companies, because they can borrow at one to two, three, four percent. It's, it's more advantageous, you know, to try to go get a return of 15 to 20% when you can borrow sub 5%. So that's kind of in a nutshell, what's going on. And now you're seeing with all these companies kind of coming hat in hand to Washington, you know, Washington, now all the politicians are talking tough now, <laughs> like mm. like they're protecting us after they've spent the social security fund and all this other <laughs> stuff. We're Oops. totally bankrupt. Right. Oops. I'm going to hold you to it now. Um, And they're saying, you know, we want warrants done on this stuff, which is basically like an option on the stock. Uh, Or, you know, you can't give yourself corporate uh, executive compensation through share buybacks and or we want equity in your company, those types of things. And so it's just it's just all smoke and mirrors. And it's a little late, you know, to hold the line now. But uh, that's kind of in a nutshell what's going on.
0: What, if any, impact Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose an immediate let's just, because we don't know, we've never been at this spot ever. Anybody alive right now, I think just humanity in general has never experienced anything like this before. Totally. So let's just take, we we, we don't know what's going to happen long-term. We barely know what's going to happen tomorrow, but let's just take the next 90 days. Okay. We're recording this uh, end of March, 2020. Let's take the next 90 days. So quarter two of 2020, what, if any, impact does the situation you just described have on the mom and pop shops, the entrepreneurs, the small business owners mm-hmm. who are who are listening to this podcast? How does that impact them?
2: Well, I mean, from what I've read, and again, you know, I think we're all in the same boat as, you know, news is coming at us literally every day. Something changes. Uh, I would echo we are in unprecedented times. Um I think for small business owners, this is the opportunity of a lifetime if you've positioned your firm well and you're sitting on cash.
0: Mm.
2: And so you look at like Warren Buffett, I think Berkshire Hathaway ahead of this debacle was sitting on $125 billion of cash. You've had record executives basically leave, like Disney CEO left, uh, a bunch of others cashed out. Jeff Bezos cashed out $4 billion ahead of this. So these guys saw this stuff coming and they were preparing for this. So in that small business realm, I guess there's a package where you can go and apply for a direct SBA loan and get capital uh, at a low interest rate. So I think they're trying to lower interest rates for small business owners so that we have access to cheap capital. You know, obviously they're doing this package where if you make less than a hundred grand a year, you can get like twelve hundred dollars, which I mean, in this day and age, is like nothing. Right. Probably most people's like one month of mortgage. You know, so then then what do they do? So I think it's just a matter of having a strategy in terms of organizing your capital and staying liquid. And then also, you know, some of the things that we've talked about and what you help people with is, you know, having digital products to sell, being able to sell information on the internet because that is still open and having a digital strategy, I think is more important than ever. And you're seeing that from like even the airlines, you know, big major companies like, well, we only really have one product to sell. And that's a plane in the air. And if we don't have that, we don't have any revenue. So I think having diverse channels of revenue is super important. And then just you know more of the emotional side. I think to some of the stuff Philip talks about is just connecting with people and communicating uh, is more important than ever. And and uh, this is going to give us all a reset back to what what truly matters, you know. And hopefully we take it take it you know seriously.
0: Yeah, Mister Philip, let's go mm. that direction. Because I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking like, okay we've got a good kind of uh situation, at least high level of what's going on financially, or at least as best as we can understand it. W- what would you say to the scared entrepreneur or small business owner, or maybe not even fearful one, people who are just standing around kind of scratching their heads saying, well, I don't even know where to go next. How do you, what do you, what do you say to them?
1: Yeah, I think it's one, it's real, right? Everyone's kind of up in this air of what do we do next? Yeah. And, for me, that gives us a great opportunity to be able to like, truly prioritize what's important to us. And when you've done that prioritizing, do what it takes to be intentional with those top things on the list. For me, it's family. Like, How can I take this time and be intentional with my family? If you think about it, when we're long and gone, my children are, let's say, older age, they're going to be talking about this moment right now. Like, what did we do? How do we do it? I mean, this is such a shaping time for our children to see us not be fearful, but to be able to, quote unquote, hunker down and have some amazing memories. Uh, Yesterday, we just did a high tea for the first time. I didn't know what a high tea was, (laughs) but I'll tell you this. I was suited and booted. I had my suit on, my tie on. My wife got her hair done. She had a sundress on and a hat. My daughter did too, and they did cookies and scones and coddled cream, like all this stuff. And we made a memory. And I'll tell you this, that we are going to have that memory every year for the rest of our being, yeah. because it was so fun to post pictures and, and talk. And uh, we were outside the elements a little bit. And for me, making memories like that is priceless. And it, and it fell in line with my priorities yeah, I took some time out of the day to do that. And so that was one thing. I think another thing that it does is it gives us an opportunity to show our true colors to the world in your business perspective and in your character. Uh, it gives us an opportunity to show grace to others. Maybe I even talked about this uh, with Brian, like maybe start giving people raises at this point. Like let's let's empower people to be able to be above this fear and really unify uh, with one another. Because in this, this isn't just an America thing. This isn't just an Iowa thing or a state level thing. This is a world thing. And we are all like locked together trying to figure this out. What an amazing opportunity just to be able to be human and uh, also be very honest. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm sometimes worried too, Yeah. but focus on the things that we can focus on. Don't fall victim uh, and do your part and to make some memories. So I don't know if that really answers your question, but sure. I think that's an opportunity for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, just to give some context around that too, um, you know, having this now be essentially all of our lives for the last couple of weeks, you know, what I've what I've started to notice is we're all getting, maybe for the first time in human history, everyone's getting the same input, right? Yeah. Like pretty much everybody's input at this point is all COVID all the time. And what's been interesting for me to watch is how people are choosing to respond. And it is a choice. Yes. It's a choice to respond in fear and it's a choice to respond in hope. And you know when, when I say sometimes I feel like I I, I don't I don't communicate this well well enough. When I say uh, respond in fear, I don't mean you don't feel afraid. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think anybody with a rational mind would look at this and feel fear. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How could you not? I mean, basic building blocks of society are being shaken as though they've never been shaken before.
1: And no one knows the future. The future is unknown, which is the scariest if you fall into that trap.
0: Yes. And I think ultimately that's where it comes down to because you can quite literally choose your response. And I think how you choose to respond, choose your chooses your path forward. So if you respond out of calamity and fear, it is you, brain science will back this up. It, it, it constricts your creativity and the amount of solutions available to you. Mm-hmm. If you respond out of opportunity and hope, it opens, again, this is not woo-woo thinking. This is brain science. It expands your options. And people need options right now. Oh, they do. I mean, people need options for, you know, g- getting creative in the house. You know, Philip, you know, having tea party. I love it because cause kids are at home and they're we're not used to them being at home. And mm. uh, if you don't have kids, you're probably working from home and you're not used to that. So you need creative solutions to kind of just get through the grind right now. But more importantly, for at least for for this podcast, you're going to have to be creative in how you conduct business in the days, weeks, months ahead. Because the business as usual is gone. It's out the door. And it may be too early for this because I know you guys work with a lot of different businesses across a lot of different industries, a lot of business owners as well. How are you seeing that creativity kind of bubble up amongst your client base? Or it doesn't necessarily have to be client base, but for folks who are thinking, how do I continue to build and grow my business in the midst of this? Mm. What are you guys seeing? What are you hearing? What has stuck out to you?
1: So I think the common response is cut the marketing, cut it, cut it down. And I think the uncommon response is amp it up. (laughs) Like this is the time where we can really get in front of a lot of people and they can see the way that we think, the way we're wired, the way that uh, our internal workings work and see if it resonates with people. Um, So I'd say the people that are starting to see an opportunity here are doubling down. They're not diversifying. They're doubling down Mm -hmm. on what they know best and what they know best is themselves and what they're uniquely gifted at as we've talked about. Um, But yeah, I, I think that that's big, and then I think the other thing is community. Now we're social distancing, but the community has to be stronger than ever. And yeah. who are you bouncing ideas off of? Yes. Who are you still staying connected with? And who's the person that's going to lovingly say, "Hey, that right there, love you enough to say, "Let's challenge that. Is that the right decision right there? Is that not? Maybe it is. Let's work through that." But we have we work with a lot of businesses, but all those businesses are run by individuals. And those individuals want to make sure that they're seeing this thing in a whole picture as well as we can. So the people that take ownership for the things that they're responsible for and start choosing a path for them themselves that feels right to them are the people that are not only going to get through this, but they're going to thrive through this. And so that's one example. I mean, just doubling down on marketing, but I'll let Brian talk because he's the smarter one of the two. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I don't know if I agree with that, but
2: I, you know, and it's so early it's, I haven't seen that much from people, but, you know, just trying to keep the main thing, the main thing, I think in this time, so many people are like, I want to try to make a bunch of money in the stock market or trade something. And, you know, there's massive volatility and I want to try to make a trade. And it's like, well, it's not anything you really spend your time on. And, you know, what if it goes wrong, then what position are you in? So I I kind of always come back to I think we talked about this before we've written a couple articles about it but just Floyd Money Mayweather just love that guy mm. Just kept the main thing the main thing and he just kept winning fights and um, he was just the best at what he did and I think sometimes too often especially as business owners were, you know we hit these points and we think we can do something to make a quick buck and we take our eye off the main thing and if mm. we just kept the main thing the main thing. And continue to reach out and touch touch base with people and continue to diversify our revenue streams and continue to drive value to our clients, that's what's going to win over time. And I think with that, the you know, the difference is this is totally unique. You know, for us, money doesn't sleep and even though the market goes down or sideways or up, you know, like we're in a unique position because our business doesn't really go away, you know, because money is always there. But if you have you know local burger stand or something or a local taco stand like no one can come in there. Yeah. You know this is a huge wake up call. And so I think that overall diversification as a business owner as a, you know, individual is just this is an eye opening event um to see your revenue source completely go away and be shut down by the government. You know, it it's just unprecedented. So it it does require creative solutions and so
0: just to piggyback off that a bit, we, you know, when when I look around and I see, part of the reason why I started Think Digital in the first place was because I knew, and this is from my my days at the church, I knew sooner or later this was going to be a digital first economy, a digital first world, and I think what we have just seen is a massive global shift into being a digital first economy if it wasn't already there. You know, to begin with, because you have those bricks and mortar businesses, you have those businesses who are watching their revenue, you know, drop faster than it's ever fallen before. And I think it's partly because most of us, unless you've been in business for, you know, decades, most of us have only ever started and grown businesses in an up economy. And so we don't necessarily know how to. Uh, like you were saying, diversify and get creative and think to ourselves, okay, well, my main revenue source is here. Let's say the taco stand, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> because it's right around lunch and I'm hungry and tacos sound really good right now. <laughs> but even, even if I'm a taco stand, even if I'm a burger place, how can I build in additional streams of revenue and digitally focused streams mm-hmm. of revenue. And so for a taco stand, that might mean how, even though we have a bricks and mortar business, how do we make our website the new front door? What does that look like? What does that feel like? How do how does that impact our operations? How can we align our marketing so that, okay, yeah, let's say our bricks and mortar uh, revenue dries up overnight. How can we still continue to generate revenue? Maybe not as much revenue, but we're not caught flat-footed because we can't sling tacos. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, one example: This guy's my new hero, Rancher Rex. Oh, man.
1: Mm, rancher Rex, Rancher Rex. Much.
0: So Rancher Rex, there's this guy. He put a he put a post out on Facebook. He's this dude. He's this bison this bison rancher in Colorado. Yes. Yeah. Now let me set the stage here because Rex. Primarily sells to go figure restaurants, so mm-hmm. he raises bison and he sells that bison to restaurants eighty percent of his business and he put a post out the other day, I think this is two or three days ago, and he's like hey i've never basically I've never used Facebook before, and um, so so if you can help me out, eighty percent of my business dried up overnight. I would love to sell you my bison meat <laughs> I would love Bring to it sell, in I would love to sell you my bison meat." Will you please buy my bison meat?
1: Oh, bison wrecks.
0: Oh, yeah. So, so he puts a jot form out there and he's like, oh, what the hell? Here's what the ground bison looks like. Here's what bison steak cost. Here's what bison sausage cost. And uh, puts an ad on Craigslist. And within like hours, so this thing kind of caught on, went viral. Within hours, he had sold out of his entire inventory.
1: Holy cow. And
0: if you go there right now, he's like, hey, uh, wasn't expecting that demand. We're backed up until the end of April. But please keep putting orders in. This is spurning an entirely new direct-to-consumer business for us. We want to get a sense of what inventory and demand is going to look like long term. Thank you so much, blah, 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 blah. But here you have this rancher. If you were to see a picture and if you have – a An idea in your mind of what a bison rancher in Colorado looks like, that's Rex. Beard, cowboy hat, just this grizzled old dude, doesn't even have a website, and he has just spurned an entirely new business line for himself because his primary revenue stream dried up overnight. Hmm. That's the type of ingenuity, that's the type of focus, that's the type of focus on, on hope and opportunity that will be required in the days, weeks, months ahead.
1: And the humility to just put it out there. Yes. And knowing that a different revenue stream he just added, but right now it's his main revenue stream. The other one will kick back in. Yes. But in that, he's going to have to now manage two revenue streams, which isn't a bad thing.
0: And I don't know how to... I have been so cautious because folks are so sensitive and so... This is so fresh and it's so raw that I don't quite know how to address it. But we're just going to lance that boil.
1: Let's do it. (laughs) I love it.
0: (laughs) Let's just lance it. Because, again, I've been super cautious about how to talk about this because people are hurting. Mm. And this is painful. And there are real-world ramifications of this, especially if you have not focused on building your cash cushion up until this very moment. Now people are like, oh, gosh, I have to build cash. I got to get cash, 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 cash. Yeah. Well, in some ways, it's a little too late to start now. It doesn't mean you can't do Mm -hmm. it, but it's a little too late. But the sensitivity I'm talking about is let's say someone is in shambles, okay? Let's say someone is sitting there thinking like, oh, my goodness, I've lost everything. At some point, they will have to move. At some point, they're going to have to do something different. And so if if you're across the table, you guys come to our house you know, th- thankfully, uh, you're opening up your business model to diversify a bit so you can help more people and not have to, you know, drive all over the doggone state. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you can help people not just in Iowa, but all over the nation and really all over the globe.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: you guys are doing this. We're doing this at Think Digital. But for someone who has, let's just say they've lost everything, what are some practical steps they can start taking and thinking through to say, okay, I got to do something. And the worst possible thing has just happened. How can they move forward?
1: Totally. I'm going to let Brian answer that. But before you answer that, I want to just speak to those specific people that what an amazing place to start with and start at. And a lot of people be like, I don't know if I feel so amazing. (laughs) I get it. But there is so many people right now who are standing in that same position And they don't have that attitude. So, if you're listening to this, it's an amazing place to start at ground zero. Now it's time to move forward. Everyone has grace and understanding of why you just got axed or cut or fired or the reasons why you're in that position. No excuses. Great. Love it. And because you have that, the opportunities for you to do something that you've always wanted to do and know that you can have some passion in that is beautiful. It's amazing. It's like what the stories are written about what the movies are made for this is you this is your life like get on let's go bison rex like this is the time when you step into adversity and you see what you are made of your your surroundings your community are watching you they're watching you and this is the time where you can step into this and and i think make an amazing thing happen so go ahead brian you can speak to the actual question but
2: i'm gonna answer this with a indirect answer. There's a term for this, but I don't know what it's called, so I'm going to have to describe it for a second. But you know like the internet took forever. Like there's only, I think, 55% of the world that still has the internet yet, which is crazy to think about. But the people that don't have the internet, like let's say the internet gets turned on in I don't know, Africa somewhere tomorrow. They're not going to like the dial-up landline AOL, you know, they skip and they go straight to mobile on their phone like internet on their phone Hmm. and the people that don't have cell phones yet they're not going back to the dial up you know rotary phone they're going straight to you know an iphone or something Hmm. like that they skip the technology and just skip forward Hmm. i think like what rancher rex did if you look at his model leapfrog
0: by the way that's the term yeah
2: leapfrog there you go so you know rancher rex he leapfrogged he could have wallowed in that hey i got some cash i'm gonna ride this out i'm not gonna say anything i'm gonna keep this to myself yes he just leapfrogged and was humble and said i need help i think one of the the biggest things you know i try to teach my kids this is like one of the hardest things I think for Americans too, is just to ask for help. Right. I might not have the answer. I'm not saying Philip or I have the answer, but to just come out and say that like rancher X is like, Hey, I got all this meat here. I don't know what to do. Boom. He now has a whole new business. And so I think that is the formula is just humility, being Frank, being direct and then trying to leapfrog um, where you're at. And I, I think this to me, like, Philip and I candidly work out of Philip's house and instead of, you know, schlepping into a five-year lease, which is what we, you know, everyone told us to do. We said, we're not going to do that. We don't think that's the future. You know, we think being autonomous, staying close to home, being able to reach as many people as possible is the new paradigm. And we paved that path for four years. And now like this whole thing, I mean, this is like a normal week for us. I mean, minus, you know, all the health related stuff but like it doesn't really feel like any change to our business model at all and in a way almost validates it and and we're in a very great place as a firm to like handle this yeah. you know candidly and i think what what we're trying to say to people is this is the future like the old economy is dying yeah. this is like the death throes of the institutionalized we need to get 30,000, 60,000 people at a university and a hundred year old buildings and charge them 30 grand a year for college. It's over. Yep. And how many people, how many parents are going to rethink college with like, Oh, my kid's doing this on the couch and I don't need to spend 20 grand to go move them across the country and, you know, do all these things we've been told you need to do. And it's just like, I think it's going to come crashing down. And there's a lot of pain in that, but there's going to be a leapfrog opportunity for business owners that are like, yeah, I'm just going to skip trying to repair this and I'm just going to jump to that really bold idea or I'm going to ask for help and get some ideas if I don't have Mm -hmm. any Mm -hmm. and I'm going to leapfrog this whole thing and just go to the new paradigm. Mm
1: -hmm. So to me,
2: that's what it's.
1: I think Very too, excited. for people who are like trying to figure out, what do I do? How do I leapfrog? Mentorship. Like mentorship is a cheat code of life Yeah. or getting you around people that are going to help work through that with you is the way that you leapfrog and you can go exponentially faster with more and more people around you. And you mentioned this at the beginning, but I mean, Brian and I are completely different personalities in many aspects, but because of that, we have a broader range or we can help a lot more people because of it. Like when you start wanting to talk about money, you just know who to call, B-Dog. If you want to talk about relationships and things to work through, that's me. I love that stuff. And so because of that, we can, we can now work with many different people and it's helped us bounce ideas off of each other and make things better. And it's been so powerful for our firm, but it can be powerful for you too with a mentor in your life helping you leapfrog. So that's the place I would start is reach out to the person that you know, like, and respect that cares enough about you to help you through this time and help you basically invest in you. That's powerful.
0: One of the reasons why this show is called experimental is because we really want to focus on have, helping folks think about their business differently and try those experiments. And mm. essentially the world is now, the world of business anyway, is one big giant experiment Because Mm. no one knows what's coming next. And now, you know, just to echo what Philip and Brian are talking about is if you've had a bold idea, if you have an inkling or – I mean, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had in the last two weeks alone. My calendar has never been more full because I think intuitively people are are just naturally picking up business owners, entrepreneurs, and everywhere in between that this feels different in the sense that – there's there's almost a, a blank slate feel to it. Mm-hmm. Because the risks, it's like, you know, even if you you try something right now and fail, and I think of this from you know a marketing perspective, like marketing has never been cheaper than it is right now. You right. you the ad costs that we're seeing for our agency clients, there's I mean, it's like two to one. You're getting twice as much spend out of the same amount of or twice as much leverage out of the same spend because everybody who's fearful has pulled back. And so now is the mm-hmm. time to experiment with things like marketing. Now is the time to experiment with things like a big idea that you've had for your business or diversifying your revenue streams or getting digital, getting a digital component baked into your into your business so you know uh, Philip and Brian will attest to this. Like, you know, watching their business from the outside in, it is absolutely there's no strides that have really been missed at all, because they have that 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 flexibility built in. And so now is the time to do that. If there ever was a time, and I think if you know, to Philip's point, the mentorship, the network, the community, having that around you is going to be super helpful because. No no mentor is going to be able to tell you what exactly to do, but what they can mm-hmm. do is say, here's what, what I did when I came up against something similar, mm-hmm. which reduces the amount of mistakes and false starts that you'll have to take. Even though no one's experienced this before, there have been similar type of situations that have arisen in the past.
1: Totally. I think leveraging technology is something that I would highly recommend people do at this point because you have to, and it gives you a starting point. And so to do that, it also eliminates something that I would say Brian and I did wrong. And this is probably one of the things that we would have changed in our practice is we knew that we had really good expertise and value and that's, we went straight there. We'll help you. We'll sit in front of you at your kitchen table and we will put a personalized plan together for your finances. I'm telling you what, friends, that is a limited scope. We can only help a limited amount of people which what we wish we would have done is would have started lower and used technology to see how we are doing and how we're helping in a way that's not taking our bandwidth of time like that is a valuable resource so right now you have a really good opportunity of leveraging technology without necessary or or working on something for some time but then letting people consume that content without you having to spend any time—that's where I would—I wish we would have started. That's what we're working on currently. I think that's something that you can do right now.
0: Yeah, that's what we call our digital ecosystem, right? That's what Philip's describing—is building it out so you have a self-contained, self-sustaining uh, presence online that moves people through the stages of knowing, liking, and trusting your brand or your business. Mm -hmm. And getting that in place, so it's always throwing off, not necessarily revenue, dollars and cents, but it's throwing off awareness. Mm -hmm. It's throwing off affection. It's Mm -hmm. throwing off trust in your brand so that when you do go to make the ask, when you do go and put a call to action in front of people, they're 10 times more likely to take you up on that. But the mistake – and Brian, to to your credit (laughs) – I, I was I was raising my hand mentally when you said now basically there's a bunch of people trying to go into the stock market right now and get rich and I'm sitting here raising my hand mentally <laughs> because you know thankfully I had you to go to and say, Is this a good idea? And you're like, Eh, you probably don't want to do that. <laughs> Here's some other things to consider which were way better solutions anyway. But you know having that ability and having that network and having that that framework to go and and ask you that was super helpful and I think to to for people you know who now are seeing advertising or marketing as a almost as a get rich quick scheme where well, everything's cheap, so I can just go buy a mm. bunch of marketing and make a ton of money. It doesn't work that way no, no. it's just not that's not how how marketing how advertising works what it's like that adage, when's the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? (laughs) When's the second best time to plant a tree today? Uh And so if you're there and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I wish I would have started this 20 years ago. Well, that's okay. We can admit that and move on. But now is the time to start doing exactly what Philip just said, which was create that content, get that awareness out there. Build your ecosystem out. Create a community, a network, an audience, an email list, Facebook, Instagram, whatever doesn't matter. That knows, likes, and trusts you Mm -hmm. because it's going to make your your sale ten times easier. So true. So let's land this plane here. If someone is sitting here thinking, "Like, man, those guys sound awesome," how do they get connected to you? Because again, I can vouch just personally. Even your podcast, and maybe that's a good place to start. I don't know, but you guys unpack where folks can get started. Even if it's your podcast, I listen to every single episode of that podcast. I tell you that I listen to every episode of that podcast and I get tremendous amounts of value out of that podcast and it's free. So maybe we mm-hmm. start there, but if, if you have a different way that people can get connected to you or learn more about what you guys are doing and how you can help, where do they go?
1: Yeah. Well, and thanks for even giving us an opportunity And if you're listening and like, oh, these guys sound cool. Thanks for that. Because a lot of advisors that I know don't think, oh, that seems cool to call them. So that's a that's definitely a compliment. Two, we have um, uh, our web our podcast that we do is called the Uncommon Life Project, and in it we highlight people who think differently, who have basically invested in themselves. And are dominating in life. <laughs> and the best thing about that is they work really, really hard. I just want to make sure you know that. Yeah. Yet they don't feel like they work at all. Like we we interviewed this one lady. She was 70 years old. She was an artist. I remember Brian asked her, how do you get paid to you know be an artist? And she's like, oh, I don't. I don't care about the money. I just, people keep paying me. I just keep love painting. Like it's a different mindset when you get to this point and that's who we try to highlight in that. And so we also give you tips and tricks that can help you get in your own uncommon path for you. And so that's a place. So it's uncommon life project. And then at our website, we have uh, just connect, just get a 15 minute call with us. Um, You can click on that and uh, schedule that. So that's, that's a good way just to see if we're going to be a good fit. And know that there's sometimes that we aren't a good fit with people. And we'll be honest and tell you. And so uh, we always love to connect with people and connect with new people. uh, Because there's a lot of people that need this message. And there's a lot of people that need encouragement right now. So I'd say that's another way. Uh, You can email me. My email is Philip P-H-I-L-L-I-P, at uncommonwealth.com. Brian is uh, B R Y. A-N, the real way you spell it, I guess. Thank you. Um, at Thank Brian. You. at So it's Brian at UncommonWealth.com. Uh, but man, we are here for you. Uh, we want to encourage you. Brian and I are thinking about maybe starting up some kind of like small business, like community, maybe forum where we can kind of talk through some of this stuff as shoulder to um, shoulder entrepreneurs in this same boat and uh, trying to encourage one another. There's a lot of ways that we can help um, by, you know, uh just being who we are. So it's who we want to be right now.
0: Love it. Love you guys. Love what you're doing. Love how you're helping people. Couldn't think of two better guests for the coronavirus episode.
2: The corona. <laughs>
0: the I mean, one with coronavirus. Deal. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a big deal to have us on the show for this top and topic. And I, I think that you nailed it is we have two unique perspectives on this. And uh I'd say three unique perspectives, you being another one. So Thanks for letting us be on the show.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, Justin.
1: Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Experimental. If you want to support the show, please rate and
0: review us on iTunes. As small as it might seem, it does wonders to grow the reach of this podcast and reach more entrepreneurs like you with the mission of this show. If you're interested in learning more about the work I do, head on over to starttheexperiment.com starttheexperiment.com and take a look at some of the client success stories on the page. Until the next episode of Experimental, thanks for listening.